the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Mr. Dot Commer. On WEI.com. Of the 2020 regular season. They went out on a high note. The Patriots beat the Jets 28 to 14. Uh, let's make this a, a positive podcast because there is, there is a lot of positives today. That's usually not like us, but let's, let's focus on the positives. <laughs> I like how you said that. It's usually not like us. Um, well, you know what? It's usually not like Cam Newton to throw three touchdown passes. So and, there's and a lot of things. That, and catch another. Well, see, the funny thing is, if you had asked me coming into this game, better chance Cam Newton throws three touchdowns or catches one, I would have said catches one. Yeah, I would have. Because, like, trick plays and everything they do and Jacoby Myers and all that, yeah, there's a chance. So, yeah. no. It was a uh, – it didn't start out great. It was 7-7 seven, seven at the half. And, you know, uh, the I believe the halftime comment from Jay Feely was like, you know, the 30th offense in the NFL versus the 32nd, probably not surprising that we're 7-7 seven, seven at the half or something. And then it got a little fun in the second half. Yeah, that was their – I don't know if it was their best half of the season. It probably wasn't. But it was, it was probably one of their top three most exciting halves, I would say. Like, that was yeah. sort of exciting. Well, I kind of led my column with um, Cam Newton's season. He had fun uh, playmaking games to start the year against a division opponent in a win, to end the year division opponent in a win, and most of the stuff in the middle wasn't all that fun or exciting or good. But give him credit, give them credit for whatever we debate in terms of meaningless games and playing to the finish and benching people or whatever. They had a lot of – he in particular, I would say, and they had a lot of energy and sort of – uh, effort and compete level and whatever you want to call it today. Um, but more importantly, like they made some plays and uh, like it's the jets. Don't get me wrong, yes. but you know what the flip side of it's the jets is you're the Patriots. You're not like the dynasty Patriots. You're a middling to low level football team. You're not a playoff team either. So right. when you put up good plays, I don't care who it's against. I count them. I give you credit for them. So Sony, Michelle, Ran hard, caught the ball well, had a receiving touchdown. Right, like, you get credit for that. Um, Devin Asiasi, caught the ball, caught a touchdown. You get credit for that. You hadn't done that at all. I don't care if it's against the Jets or whatever. So, like, like, I don't have to pretend to be positive about this. There were positive things to build on in that game. And now, Cam, that's a different story. Like, I don't include that in the positive things to build on. But, oh, do you? You just made a- uh, no, yes, it's, it's going to be – I don't want to get down the cam road yet. That's for a future podcast. I, I think, you I just think, said no, yes, and wave your hands. I think there's a chance cam comes back. Well, that's not what uh, Aaron Sh- Adam Schefter said. Or, or did he say? <laughs> we'll get to that later. No, so um, – but, like, some of the – first of all, they played the game with, like, a, a skeleton crew. I mean, they didn't have. I mean, Bill even talked about it after the game. All the guys that were hurt: Therese Hall, Anthony Jennings, um, David Andrews, Shaq Mason. Imagine, imagine we're lamenting the loss of Therese Hall and Anthony Jennings, like because they went in the game with Cash Malia and Jawan Bentley, a middle linebacker. That's it. And they had another and linebacker, Adrian Phillips, in the right, first. Who's essentially a linebacker? He's and then yeah. yeah. So you had Kyle Duggar playing linebacker, Adrian Phillips playing linebacker, but then leaving with a – it was a hip injury, right? Yes, hip. 
Okay, good. For some reason, I just had a deer in headlights moment that I put the wrong injury when I wrote about it. In. Um, so yeah, they were undermanned. Rich, I guess, got hurt in the game like that. Came back with a club on his hand. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I saw he had a, a hand wrap, but I didn't know he got that during the game. Oh, okay. Um, but he had a good game. So like the idea of whether it holds any water or not, like building momentum and, you know, Bill actually kind of crapped all over the idea for Asiasi. I forgot who asked him the question post game, but like Devin Asiasi, build Bill, on it. Bill Perry said like, I don't think one plays him to find a career. <laughs> well, that's not what Phil said, you jackass. Right, right. He's saying, can you, like, can that be a confidence boost? Can it, like, for example, Nikhil Harry's trainer said confidence was an issue for him last year. Yep. And Devin Asiasi has had a tough rookie season on the field, off the field. Yeah, confidence like, has been an issue for him all year. Look how many drops the guy's had. Now he actually caught a pass, and including a touchdown. Like, he felt good. He caught two passes, and one of them was a 20-whatever, six-yard touchdown. Like, yeah, that's, that's good. Like, I don't know about you, but if that's me – as Cam said, I think Cam said it talking about the team in general, like when you score touchdowns and back-to-back touchdowns, you have a little different swagger. Well, just the moment for him of having his whole team come over to him, congratulate him. Like that must have been something new. Right. So screw you, Bill. I think there's value in that. We can agree to disagree on that. Uh, you hit on it, Sonny Michelle. I, like, do you think the emergence of Damian Harris kind of gave him a little kick in the ass and said like, get your ass going or else you're not going to have a spot in this team? Okay, so – what do you think of this? Stick with me. Bear with me as I say this. Remember, positive podcast, positive Andy. Any chance he's healthy and he hasn't been healthy for a while? There is a chance that I thought, didn't he say something along those lines in his post-game press conference, like acknowledging that he was healthy? Yeah, but I never really know what guys are like. I know. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, he's been a banged up guy. He's had off-season surgeries his entire career as an NFL player. Right, which... Because, see, somebody said, like, that to me on Twitter. And then I was like, well, has he been hurt for three years? And then when I think about it, I'm like, well, he kind of has been hurt. And there's even been questions about is it, like, a, a long-term oh, injury. Oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to be, again, too overly optimistic. But I think the last two weeks he's run as hard as mm-hmm. he's ever run in his Patriots career. There is like, no question about that. And, and I'm not even saying, oh, he caught a pass and went for the distance. I'm talking about – his runs, like the way gets that he hit it three run. yards and ends up with five, gets hit at two yards and ends up with six. Like, I think he's run really well the last well, two And weeks. also, not only that, just like that burst to get past the initial defender. Like, that's the, been the knock on him is he just gets up the line, gets him. Well, these last couple of weeks, he's gotten more than that. So, and I would also say, I think we've all decided he's the backup. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like – we're not even saying, oh, my God, can he be a 1,200-yard back? Like, what? It's almost like he's no longer the first-round pick. Now Damian Harris is the first-round pick, the guy with the expectations. He's the lead back. Yep. Now I just need Sony to be the backup, but be a good backup. Like, if I have two good running backs, that's better. That's good news. That's a good way to put it. And right? I would say he's – I don't want to say he's, like, got the skill as a Rex Burkhead, but he could be, he could be that guy. Yeah, I'm not sold that he can't catch. And I'm not just saying that because he caught the ball today. I still think – We've been told that forever. Like, Ivan Fears has been on record multiple times. Correct. And he caught it in college some. So, I just think he hasn't maybe had quite as many opportunities. And I still am a little dubious as to James White and whether he'll be back, whether he could get lured somewhere. We've talked about maybe, you know, Miami or Tampa or going down there to be near his family, his mother and all that. Yeah, I don't want to be negative because this is a positive podcast, but 
he doesn't look right. He doesn't really. I don't like he had a couple bad drop. Well, at least one bad drop. One bad drop, and then the blitz pickup. But that's been an issue yeah. all year. Just things with him that just aren't there. And I don't want to, you know, kill the guy because of everything he's gone through. I'm sure that's affected him. So, but yeah, that's that's certainly something they have to consider this offseason. Sure, it's affected him, but it's also it shouldn't really affect him in the yeah. specifics of the moment. No, it could be age is probably more of a factor than anything. Well, I told you, I don't think he looks quite as. Not elusive, because he never really looked elusive, but, like, he doesn't make people miss and do the things that he used to make look easy or make, you know, right. just happen. So, okay, but that's that's a different story. Um, Jacoby Myers continued to be whatever he is. I know your friend Doug Kide on uh, Nesson was you, in a big you, fight. You on my mind. He is not a number two wide receiver. <laughs> he is a solid number three, number four. He is not a number two. But that's fine. Like, that's, that's good. He was well, undrafted rookie. That's fine. For him to turn his career into a solid number three, that's a job well done. But here's where I'm a little bit on Doug's side. So let's just say you take the field in passing situations with James White, Devin Asiasi, Kyle Pitts, Allen Robinson, and now Jacoby Myers. He's your number two receiver in that setup, right? Yes, but wouldn't you hope they could go out and upgrade over Jacoby Myers in that number two spot? But I'm just saying, if what Devin about, Asiasi, what about Julian Edelman? Well, Julian Edelman might be toast. Who knows? He's 117. Oh. I'm just saying, in the right like five receiver set, five options, like, like if they had a passing back, a good receiver, and him, I think you could do worse than that. I would say so, but I think you'd do better too. I just don't. Like, going into the offseason, wouldn't you want them to go out and get – if Edelman leaves, to get two receivers better than Jacoby Myers? Yeah, in an ideal world, I'm never saying he's my number two receiver. He's my second best wide receiver. Yes. I'm just saying maybe he can get there, and it depends on how you're built. It depends on right what the, the makeup of the offense is. I just – I like him, and I, I – I, you know from the very beginning – I was on his bandwagon, sort of comparative to Nikhil Harry. I thought when you looked at those two, you were like, that guy's going to have a better career, a longer career. Like, he's an NFL player. Um, so he goes out there. He had whatever he had today, sort of his usual 60 yards-ish. Um, but through a touchdown pass to Cam Newton, he clearly has that ability. Um, that was the one area where Bill made me laugh today. When people were trying to ask about his, you know, Jacoby Myers throwing ability and like yeah. – and he had that op- that answer about like you know it's I know you keep asking like it's open tryouts but sorry it doesn't really work like that I know that might make for a better story or something <laughs> like what did he say he noticed how he throws the ball to a ball boy well yeah and I think I think all he's saying is well, he's also thing. a freaking college quarterback so of course he can throw the ball well that's the first thing like yes he played college quarterback but he he's also a little bit saying the same thing we do like you notice like. Right. You watch one guy throw like when they before practice during camp, when like a normal yeah. camp setting and they all get out there 20 minutes early and you're like, well, Vince Wilfork's pretty athletic. He can throw the ball. He can catch the Like yeah. you kind of notice these things. And then if you were looking for, say, a fullback, you'd say, hey, Vince is pretty athletic. I've watched him do different things, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it's not like you just line everybody up and say, throw the ball. Oh, you you 10 are eliminated because it sucked. We'll take the right. next. You know what I mean? Like. Right. But he made me laugh a little bit about that. But anyway, uh, another solid day by Jacoby Myers. And I think 
solidifying his role, whatever his role is. I'm not saying where it ranks. Yeah. He's a part of the future. I was right? going to say, he, he solidified that he's part of the, the team, the wide receivers group next year, whether that's number two or number three or number four, he's in the mix for next year. Right. And so that's, that's a good thing. And Chase Winovich, for whatever he is, I was watching with my son today and they did a close up after one of his plays or something. And my son goes, I just want to punch him in the face. He has a punchable face. And I couldn't agree with him anymore. <laughs> I agree. Um, but I think they have a decision to make with him, like what type of player he is and is going to be. Like, is he going to be a three down player? Like he hasn't, like he, to take that next step, or is he going to continue to be a role player with what he is now? Because if he's going to be a three down player, he needs to, he needs to bulk up. Well, there was a play today where I felt like Tony Romo, just without the $17 million. Yeah. Um, they come to the line of scrimmage. Chase Winovich is lined up at the right defensive edge, left offensive edge, right about, you know, a, a one-by-one off of Makai Becton, the seven-billion-pound left tackle. You they have to, a, they're going to run right over him? They have a tight end on the wing, and then they, and they motion. I go, oh, my God, they're running left here, and if they don't get seven yards, I'll be stunned. Because they had two tight ends of Makai Becton, basically yeah. lined up over Chase Winovich, and they got that Johnson guy picked up like seven or eight yards. Like, that's going to happen. He just – he can't handle that. He can't hang. And I don't know value-wise as you move forward, do you want him to like put on 20 pounds and maybe lose some of his energy and quickness as a pass rusher? Like, Because I don't think this team necessarily has a lot of pass rushers. So no, You're right. It's no matter which way you make him, like it's still an area of need. Like they need, you know, they need pass rushers, but they also need linebackers. So it's, I don't know. I would just keep him the way that he is. I would too and say he's a pass rusher with some, and I think you even wrote this a little bit, like some off the ball. He might not be a starter as an off the ball linebacker, yeah. but gives you value there. Yeah. If, if you like a certain package, you want to move him around, you can do it, but he's not a guy that you want to do it 60 snaps. Or, or even just, you know, they usually only have two off the ball linebackers. So right. say you have two starters, he's your extra overlap guy. Like if somebody gets dinged up, he's going to have to play in there a little bit and like right. some of that. Um, but he certainly, he had a good game. He was active, couple sacks, batted ball, tackle for a loss. He was one of the guys that I would say, you know, Bill might poo poo this, but built a little momentum heading into the off season and off season workouts. And like, that's the other thing. So Bill doesn't really believe in that. But and yet I momentum. Yeah. Like Devin Ostiasi. Right. Like he, he, he pooped he, he all would over say, He would say it's a new season. We're started fresh. Like it's the turning stage. I watched um, the Ohio State-Clemson game. Yep. And did you see the little segment they did about the Ohio State weight room where every monitor had the final score of Clemson-Ohio State from a year ago? Like, well, those things are motivation. They matter. Like, how you finished. Like, the last thing you did and saw. And so, like, would he rather Devin Asihasi had dropped a couple passes and, you know, not had a – like – Right. I don't know. I just think you would, can. Would you, would, would you rather have them lost today and then be six and ten and be like, we, you know, we were six and ten last year. We got to be better than that. Like, and then like jackasses like us don't have to spend the entire offseason saying he never caught a pass or right. he never showed any flashes. No, he caught a pass and then he showed some flashes and no, he scored. The, the like, narrative with him probably going to training camp will be: Can he be like the guy that he was in the last game of the season? Right. And, and, you know, depending on what they do, if they bring in a Hunter Henry or a Kyle Pitts, like a bigger name, a bigger expectation, like 
what can he be? But the narrative on him changed today. Like the talk yeah. of the offseason, the bullet points, the things people will talk about changed. And I think like Sony Michelle, I think the narrative changed over the last two weeks yes. for Sony Michelle and like what you feel about him moving forward. So um, overall, I would just say, you know, there's like the, oh, you, maybe you could have had a worse pick. So they have the 15th pick now. 15th pick. The highest they could have gotten, I think, with every, like was probably 12. Right, but that can matter. I mean, that's yeah. that's higher. That's somebody jumping you. That's you know a player. We've talked about this before. The whole Tyler Hero Celtics thing. They right. supposedly liked him. He went one pick ahead of you to Miami. You don't get him. He. I don't know you. if that's exactly. I, like I didn't see how every single game played out, but it was probably a matter of two or three picks. And you're right. It could matter in the end. We'll find out next April. But I I, I don't know. When, when I, the game, I'm I, I was I, fine with not losing the game like winning the game is fine yeah now i will say losing the game with cam i don't like losing the game with jared stidham would have been a whole different conversation now we never got yeah. to that he never played whatever which uh-oh. i don't know what to make of that like i i thought honestly there was a chance that stidham was going to play the second half i i saw you tweeting about like warming up and where he was sitting yeah, it was and- very odd like Coming out of the locker room in that first Jets drive, Newton was, like, off to the far end of the bench just standing with the linemen, and Stidham was sitting next to McDaniels. And I was kind of like, did they tell Cam, like, he's out? Huh. And then – because, you know, like, Cam's always next to McDaniels, like, going over things. I just thought that was strange. Right. Um, Okay. I mean, that's probably more of our next podcast discussion, the quarterback position and Jared Stidham and and Cam Newton. But I will say, like, the big picture thing – while I've been an advocate for picking higher, you see, it's kind of weird because Bill, he, like, he, he, he shit on the idea of momentum for Asi Asi, but you play to win the game to end the season the well, right way. I'm sure that way. was his message to everybody else. Like, right. Like, like, what else did he get up there in front of the team and say, like, clearly whatever he said worked because a lot of guys were motivated. Right. And, you know, I thought McCourty, he talked about his pregame speech to the DBs and talking about, mm-hmm. you know, everybody calling this a meaningless game, but think about, you know, one time you were either cut or passed over or no one drafted, whatever. And like, I've never thought it was meaningless to the guy that plays it, but the reality yeah. is it's meaningless, big picture. Like sad as that is to be, that's like, I mean, you and I do our jobs. It's not meaningless to us. It's what I always say. Every job is essential to the person that does it. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, David Field, on the highest level, we are meaningless. What we do is meaningless, right? Like yes. the we're world, just the world will go on without us, right? We're a little blip in a cog, like in, you know, no one really matters. So, like, I understand it on both levels. But I thought this was a good way to end the season for Cam Newton. Even if Cam Newton's leaving, by the way, at least he can put that on tape and and try to sell somebody. Like, I, oh, I was starting to finally get comfortable late in the year and. And, like, I know he emphasized in his post-game Zoom about how he was healthy all year. The shoulder was good. The foot was good. Like, it's a blessing to end the year. And so, Do you, you know, I thought the that last was... uh, few weeks with him, it's been a sell job trying to convince, like, the Patriots that he's worthy of bringing back. Like, almost like he's lobbying, like, take me back. Like, using the, I, you know, I wish I had more time. Like, I'm just oh, yeah. starting to learn things. No question. I mean, he flat out said it on the Instagram post with the weird font, but even today somebody said something about, you know, with more time or if you would have more. Yeah, I thought that was just basically getting him to say what he said earlier in the week, but more like concise. 
but he said it quick. Like he reacted. Right. He, right. he could have said, you know, I've kind of been over that. And he was like, absolutely. Like he jumped at the opportunity to say it. Right. Um, so yeah, he's, I mean, he's selling for his future. I don't. And like for all the, his play on the field, off the field, he's been great. Like if you could, yep. everybody says like Ryan Fitzpatrick would be great for, to mentor a young player. Like what about Cam Newton? Like he could, he could probably be that guy too. And I know that this is for like a, a podcast on the road, but that's why I think there's a chance he comes back because I don't think there's gonna be many teams calling Cam Newton come March. Okay, so let's get if we're gonna dabble in that, we'll get into it. Not deep, but um, so the Adam Schefter discussion, I guess, sure. um, that you know they expect to go their separate ways, like. It, it's a little bit what I told you that Bill always says about every veteran. You know, it's nobody's fault. He did their best. We did our best. It just didn't work out. Like, that was kind of how Schefter talked about it. Like, that idea they're just going to go their separate ways. And then it kind of blew up because everybody said he's Adam Schefter. He's a news guy. He actually, on our very station, many, many times has said, like, I don't give opinions. I'm an information guy. I pass along what I hear kind of thing. Correct. Um, he, and then everybody ran with it. As you noted, not only did we and other outlets locally say, you know, Schefter, Patriots expected to move on from whatever. ESPN did it. Sports Center did it. Like Their citing own Twitter, Twitter account. Yes. Right. So then Bill bristles at it when asked about it post game. Um, and then Mike Reese in this weird modern world we live in had a follow up zoom question slash statement telling bill that adam had actually contacted him to pass along that he wasn't reporting anything that he it was just a discussion um i don't believe it first of all i i think what happened was adam Schefter was told certain information by certain people whether that's bill belichick somebody else the patriots that basically what he said you know we tried he tried it just didn't it's not the right fit we're going to go our separate ways adam said that said it a little too definitively Yep. People picked it up, and then Bill's like, what the bleep? I didn't want that as a report today. That's That was information for you, but not necessarily to report immediately. Like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Bill was pissed that it was the story of game day before the game. That mm-hmm. whole thing took the focus off the team and puts it on Cam and all that crap. Um, but I believe it. Like, I think Adam Schefter believes and was told the Patriots expect to move on from Cam Newton and Cam Newton expects I mean, who wouldn't? Like, who wouldn't at this right. point? My whole thing with – I don't think you can completely shut the door on it because I'm sure they have, but like, what if they're, you know, fallback off, like Cam is probably option number, let's just say five or six, but like, let's just say that, you know, of the Brian Fitzpatrick isn't available. Matthew Stafford isn't available. Um, Tyrod Taylor isn't available. If those names aren't available, then you have a guy who knows your assistant you're comfortable with. Isn't going to cost a lot of money. Why wouldn't you bring, he's not going to be a problem. Why wouldn't you bring him back? And just so happens to be coming off his arguably his best game or one of his best games in your uniform. And right? I'm not saying so, he coming back to be the starter, just a guy to have around in the competition, like we've talked about. Well, somebody has to start. That's the other issue. Yeah, but it could also be a case like you're right. Somebody does have to start, but if you draft the guy high in the draft, it doesn't put that much pressure on that guy to be ready week one. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I would never rule it out just because of how well it fit everywhere except under center. Like, and also like if you're Cam Newton, he's got to realize he's not viewed as a starter around the league. Right. And And it's going to, I mean, that's part of the issue though, is it's a huge musical chairs game. Like there's going to be a lot of 
quarterback stories and turnover. And like some of that involves another nugget we'll talk about moving forward. But so the Panthers have reportedly requested permission to talk to Nick Casario. Mm-hmm. If Nick Casario becomes the GM of the Panthers, I would assume he will have some say, correct? Casario in, in what? In Carolina. Of course, yeah. Like I don't know what the power structure would be because you gave $70 million to Matt Rule, so I don't know exactly. But my point is, a different guy will come in than part of the group that signed Teddy Bridgewater. So immediately, that's another place where quarterbacks right. question. Yeah, teams will, will kind of change so, their views on things based on who's now working for them. So it could – I mean, we're talking about a third of the league could be – in a state of flux at the quarterback position you know teams where if Matt Ryan or if Matthew Stafford or any of those but also the normal teams that are just looking for quarterbacks then you have the Jets and the Giants and the young quarterbacks and then what happens if say something weird goes in Dallas and they they don't franchise them because it's a huge number or they don't so like a third of the league could literally be in the game of quarterback turnover and that means a lot of bodies available, but also a lot of teams looking for those bodies. So it's going to be complex. And I don't see Bill and the Patriots don't have, they're not in position, in my opinion, to really definitively control their quarterback situation. Like Jacksonville is going to draft Trevor Lawrence. There's no question there. Like they're going to be a team getting a new quarterback, but we know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. San Francisco, who knows? You know, I thought there was a weird report today that if a better option is available, they'd move on from Garoppolo. I retweeted that with a little snark and says, isn't that how sports are supposed to work? That's what I was going to say. Isn't that life? Guess what? If a better option than Jason Tatum becomes available, the Celtics should consider moving on. If, If a better option than LeBron James becomes available to the Lakers, they should consider moving on. Like, that's how sports works. That's how the production based world works. So, but my point is, like, do you think there's a chance that Bill knows right now what he's going to do at quarterback? I don't. I now, mean. he said he wasn't prepared to talk about anything that had to do with anything for next year. But I also agree with him. On, he doesn't know who's definitively available, you know, what he's going to be willing to invest. Because, you know, one of the things I've talked about all week on the radio is, to use Bill's word, this is a, um, this is a big mosaic this offseason where – You have a lot of opportunities, the 15th pick, $60 million, extra picks in the middle round, but it's a choose your own adventure. If you invest in the quarterback that, you know, if you invest in Matthew Stafford, that's a trade pick and money. So now like I no longer have $60 million and I probably no longer have, let's say a second round pick. Right. So that'll affect the other dominoes that I have to – because they have a lot of boxes they have to check oh, off. It's not like you only have quarterback as your no. option need. You go wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, defensive tackle. Like the list right. goes on and on. So if I use a bunch of money and a pick on Matthew Stafford, well, how am I getting a tight end, a wide receiver, a linebacker, whatever? If I don't, if I go you know, some simpler route, okay, that's great. Now I have more resources to take – Kyle Pitts at the 15th pick. Okay, I got my tight end. And now, like, but now that's a pick I can't use on a quarterback if I use it on a tight, you know what I mean? They're all overlapping right. opportunities, but it's a, it's a complex, it's like a, um, you know, when your GPS goes uh, uh, rerouting, rerouting, recalculate, like it's going to be, you, oh, 
I go down this street, going to recalculate which way I go from here and then go down the next street. So I actually think it's going to be a really fun offseason, and I'm glad. I'm actually glad it ended with a fun game. Well, a fun half, because quite frankly, the first half sucked. The first half was not First half was miserable. Right. But the second half was fun. You got scores and big plays. Defense came up, a couple picks. J.C. Jackson got back on the horse. You know, it's much easier when you're covering something called Vincent Smith. (laughs) Did you notice? Did you see that guy's name? No. Vincent Smith, who I've never heard of, not only. Then I'm glad I looked it up because, you know, Vincent, you have a normal spelling, V-I-N-C-E-N-T. Oh, hells no. It's V-Y-N-I-C-I-N-T or something like that. And I'm like, funny, JC, when you're covering something called Vincent Smith, much easier than covering Stefan Diggs and and some of that. But, hey, he had had a quote I didn't love post-game about having a good year and the team could have had a better year. But But also, like, I know he didn't mean anything, but, like, he was trying to deflect, like, the personal accolades. But him saying that he doesn't give a shit about having the most takeaways in the Bill Belichick era kind of came across weird. It came across – I give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's trying to say the right thing. The only thing that matters is winning. Right. Kind of thing. But you're right. It was very – and I give – was it Andrew Callahan who asked it? And he was like, "Uh, okay, thanks. (laughs) Like, he, it was so weird, he didn't even say... There's no need to follow up, like, what exactly do you mean? Would you mind uh, clarifying what you mean by you don't give a shit? <laughs> right. But that's just him. He's not, he's not the brightest bulb. No, he, um, he, hey, hey, he's a good player. Like, I had, I was texting back and forth with somebody that doesn't really think he's all that good and said, you know, another interception that your son could have caught or something, which isn't all that far from the truth. And then the follow-up text with number three at best corner. And I'm like, all right, now you're going the, the other, you know, yeah. for a while he was the PFF best corner in football. That's wrong. He's also not a third corner. He's a, no. a one slash two. He's probably a one on a bad. I think we talked about this before. Can you name 32 cornerbacks better than him? Probably not. Oof. Can I name 32 cornerbacks? Would be but, the, question. The, point, the point's valid. He's probably in the top 32 in the league, which therefore makes him a number one cornerback. Yes, but my, I think he's a bad number one corner. Like, if he's your number one corner, you're probably not a great defense. You probably overpaid for him. You regret the contract a little bit. But he's really good as a two, and he's also young. Like, I, you know what he said about, you know, he doesn't think he had his best the year. Best he's got the best football's yeah. ahead of him, yeah. Like, that could be true. He's still relatively young, learning work ethic, learning the, the league and routes and preparation and all that. So – Whatever. He, he had a good season. He made a lot of plays. It is what no it is. Question. All right. Well, there'll be a lot of talk about this coming week. We got Bill Belichick's end of the season wrap up uh, Monday morning. We got uh, captains talking after that. Three out of the four will be free agents. Uh, um, quick note on that. I don't know if you happen to notice. I thought it was very cool. I tweeted about it. Uh, David Andrews on the sideline, yep. like all over the place. Anytime a player like Gunner went down once on the sideline, I think Cam. He was like the first person to run over and pick guys up, which like sometimes you think those guys are tryhards, tryhards or phony. I don't think there's anything phony about no David. Question. Most, he's probably the most genuine guy on that team. He really is. And I like that would be a loss if he left. And I know that guy like just, you know, the market may be set. You got to pay him over $10 million a year. The guy from Washington signed yeah. a deal. I think there's now, 10 or 11 centers that average $10 million a year. And I'm sorry, David Andrews is a good center. He's a good veteran center. I also don't think he's the type of guy that's going to be like, 
this guy got this. I need to make this. Like, I think he's going to be fair, but not like banging down the doors to make sure he gets paid. But he, now the good thing is you can probably slot him in into the Canon slash Toonie um, financials, yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you save a little money on the, you know, I'm assuming Canon's gone. So you don't have to deal with that $9 million cap hit. Tooney is $15 million this year. I know some people think they're going to give him a long-term deal. I don't really see that. So I think that probably creates the room there for you to give David Andrews I mean, enough money. To- starting lineman on Wendy on a rookie deal, that kind of frees up some money. So like, Right, right, yeah. yeah. So he, I, my point is I think you can find a way to sign him, and if you don't, I think it's a bigger loss than just you, you need a starting center. center. Yes, yes. All right, we'll be back sometime in the middle of this week. They to be determined, but we will yes. have one this week. Uh, uh, it should be entertaining, by the way. Interesting. Like, we have – tomorrow, as you noted, we have Bill and then the players, but you're going to have – Rumors uh, of McDaniels, Nick Casario. Like, for all we know, Josh McDaniels could be the head coach of the Jaguars and Nick could be the GM of the Panthers by, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. Right. So These things tend to go quickly. Yes, and it should be interesting, and that will be the – I would say the negative aspect of the offseason, everything else should be positive after that because it should be about trading and spending cap money and signing people and high draft picks and good defensive players and boom, turning this thing around. I'm feeling positive. I got some momentum. Cam Newton, three touchdown passes, a touchdown catch, baby. Loving it. We didn't even get to the negatives in this game because they're actually some, but we're going to forget about them. Yeah, what do, we, what do we need to talk about negatives for? We've been talking about negatives for like 17 weeks. We can gloss over the negatives in the finale and just enjoy the fun and the hope that is the offseason. Yes. All right, we'll talk to you this week. Bye-bye.